Hello everyone. So welcome to the Youth Voice Pioneer podcast and this is the COVID-19 special. Uh, my name is Ollie. Uh, I am the Deputy Member of Youth Parliament for Dorset um, and we're all basically here to discuss what COVID-19 means to us. Hi, my name's Kohana. I'm here. I'm a university student and I'm here to help make other young people's lives better. Hi, my name's Finley. I'm in the Youth Council for Dorset and I'm here to use data, get young, young people's lives better. Hi, I'm Libby. I'm a Gilgarging leader, an ex-leader of the Youth Council, and I'm here to make sure young people have the chance to have their voices heard. Hi, I'm Javrona. I'm here also as a Gilgarging leader, as well as Youth Voice Pioneer and an ex-Young Inspector for Dorset. I'm Hannah. I'm the Chair of Children in Care Council for Dorset and I'm here to try and help make sure that everybody's voices get heard. Uh, we have three main aims for our podcast. Uh, the first one is we want decision makers to get a feel of our perspective and to understand that it's more than just schools closing. Uh, second one is we want people to know what to do to help young people at a time of difficulty. And third and finally is what young people need to know in order to get through and keep themselves and others safe. Anyone have anything they want to um, initially raise uh, on that matter? So uh, I'd say we'll start with um, basically how everyone currently feels about their given situation in their perspective. Yeah, I think we're all quite um, scared at the moment. I just don't know where to turn. We get so much information thrown at us each day. Um, we don't know quite what to believe. Um, it just doesn't know. Um, we just don't know where to turn um, and quite what the government's going to come out with next. Yeah, brilliant. What about you, Finley? I'm in year 10. So for us, it's it, it, none of us have quite processed it yet, I think, um, because we're obviously in the middle of GCSEs and we now have six months of nothingness and we're not quite sure how much to socialise, how we're going to keep in contact with people and keep up with GCSEs or how they're even going to be graded because at this point year 11s and year 13s now have some sort of clarity on how their exams are going to work but we don't yet and also everyone's situations differ at home to how that's going to work no one's really quite sure it's just confusion and shock at the moment I think. Um, Trev what about you? I think yeah, obviously as a year 13 and going to university next year there's a lot of anxiety for me about how it's going to be graded I've now got to finish my coursework without the support of my teachers in person um, but also I think sort of speaking for those that are perhaps too young to sort of be part of a group obviously my brownie pack they've now lost a key part of their week which is is for a lot of them especially those with SEN problems is one of their main sort of ways of education especially socially so I think like you said a lot of schools are affected by it but I think perhaps there is going to be an even larger detrimental effect on socializing and especially obviously with unis a lot of us could potentially miss the opportunity to have freshers week and there hasn't actually been anything said about what is going to happen with the university year so I think that's something that is quite unnerving and uncertain. Brilliant. Cheers, Trev. Uh, what about you, Fahana, as a current university student? How do you think it's going to be affecting you over the next couple of months? 
Um, well, we're not really sure about what's happening with exam at the moment, so we don't know if we're going to go into next year, if we're going to have to um, retake, do what. Um, they've said they're going to move them online, but we're not sure how that's going to work and how it's going to go in terms of progressing into next year. I feel like everything's up in the air and no one's really sure about what's going to happen. Brilliant. What about you, Hannah, speaking from a college perspective, how does it kind of impact you? From my point of view, in my college is quite a practical college. It's been quite weird to suddenly be finishing a lot earlier. Um, we're all very online based with our uh, theory work, so we're okay and can keep on top of that. Just we obviously don't have the tutor support that we probably needed. So many of the courses, including the one that I've been on, are more practical based, and we need the equipment at college to be able to take our um, to do the activities and to do the um, like testing for the qualifications that we want to get it because we don't have that opportunity at the college we have to do it all from home we can't people can't practice their blacksmithing they can't practice their outdoor ed work they can't do all their fitness tests for the army um, it's it just doesn't work with us being in isolation um, and my course in particular we went to finish in two weeks to go into jobs and obviously with what's going on with COVID-19 and a lot of us are self-isolating that's not a possible and for those of us that had jobs planned that have now been shut down because obviously you can't have mass gatherings and outdoor ed jobs are often mass gatherings, we're just kind of self-isolating, no studies left and no jobs perspectives. So we're all a bit up in the air at the moment. I don't really know what to do. No, I, I couldn't agree with more of you. Obviously, my perspective is I've been in self-isolation now for a week because my sister came down with the virus. And um, like for me, it was the yeah, sudden ending of sick form. Everyone else was like in school and they were kind of hearing bits from their teachers. But for me, I didn't really get that. Um, and I feel like it's impacted a lot because I never got to probably say goodbye to my mates and that sort of thing. And obviously a lot of relationships that were being kind of formed in schools at the time as well. Uh, schooling is like quite a social area, um, which means that relationships such as friendships or romantic relationships, they do actually tend to thrive in those areas. Um, and I think that there needs to be this kind of, a, we need to have a small discussion about it, about uh, the impact this will have on relationships. So I'd say from my perspective, uh, I've recently been, I've recently started a new relationship and I actually started it as I went into self-isolation. So it's now two weeks where if I see her, I have to stay two meters away from her. And it it has its impact. It has its effects. Um, Travona, I know that you are probably experiencing the same because your boyfriend recently went into self-isolation as well. How would you say it impacts you? Um, we're not quite in social isolation yet, but we are certainly having to practice social distancing because his older sister has just come down from university. But obviously my situation is a little bit different to yours because I'm in a more longer term relationship. So I'm used to seeing him sort of every day for sort of a year and a quarter now going on. So sort of to have that very suddenly sort of taken and to not necessarily know when I'm going to see him is sort of it's quite almost it's almost scary I mean obviously we've got sort of video chat and he's going to offer to do a lot of our shopping because our granddad can't take us anymore 
but it's it isn't quite the same as sort of an in-person talk or even being able to hold his hand because it is it, it can be a really scary time especially because we're both so uncertain about what's going to happen next year so i think yeah there's a lot of different factors that have come of it more so than just education like you said yeah no i i completely agree with you um libby do you have anything you want to add to that as well yeah i think at the moment um being single um it's not the time to be looking for relationships and you're talking to friends who are also single you can't go out to the pub or to a bar and meet anyone um at the minute so you've got to try and change the way that you think about meeting people i know in this day and age we do meet people in different ways um but it has sort of changed my kind of approach to how I think about relationships um, more generally. Finley, I know you're uh, a little bit on the younger side of the people in the chat, but obviously it does kind of impact you as well. How, how do you feel uh, in relation to it? Yeah, well, having relatives who are at risk and everything, I think I realised that social distancing is more of a measure for the wider society than individuals like me who are not personally at risk so I do think that some young people possibly don't realize that even if they're not directly in contact with someone who's at risk that then has an impact if they infect other people who are then directly in contact with people at risk yeah yeah no I I, I completely agree there is that kind of um, issue with that Hannah you had something you wanted to add as well yep and um, I can sympathise with Trevona because I've got a long distance relationship at the moment and at the moment we can't travel and see each other because of uh, uni shutting down and trying to work out our own self-isolation self but with that transport might become an issue in the future if, if this just keeps escalating and people can't travel then we're going to have to be apart for a longer time and it's just going to add on another strain and that won't, won't help either our mental health because we've had to be away apart for so long but also I've got many friends that are single and that are currently trying to look for new partners and stuff. And um, a big problem that could be like hookup culture in that if you're trying to find someone new, not only have you got to look into finding a dating app, finding seeing them in person and building up a relationship, but doing this while trying to also keep your distance so that you can stay healthy um, and wanting to maybe go and try and hook up with someone, but then being unsure if it's going to be safe, it just all adds another whole level to it that you've got to be so much more on top of your hygiene and you've got to be aware that everybody else is. Um, yeah, it's just a whole another level to be careful of and it's making everything so much more complicated. There's actually more that uh, physical side. So the aspects in relationships of sex and uh, kind of that discussion because with the problem of socialized, social distancing, you kind of, you don't, really get that you don't have that kind of physical side anymore and if you do there are so many precautions you have to take into account for it um for Hannah, did you have anything you wanted to add to it um yeah so um i guess even with friendships like i know everyone's feeling alone and isolated anyway but the fact that you can't just go out and have a dinner or a lunch or meet up you know so that adds to the whole fear aspect of um the whole situation especially the way you see that people are acting in the shops 
relaxed and stuff like that. So it's not um, it's not very comforting. You can't go and have some comfort anywhere with anyone. You're just at home alone. I imagine the issue with that is like it's going to cause quite a big kind of upheaval in mental health issues because if you think about it, like quite a few people, the way they cope with their mental health is by talking to their friends, talking to their loved ones, seeing people, going out. Like I know for me in particular, the way I deal with my mental health is I will go for a walk, I'll go for a run, I'll meet up with friends. But with this kind of problem of social social distancing and social isolation, it means that like you we can't really do it and um if uh, libby did you have anything you wanted to add on to the problem of mental health yeah um so i'm currently under sort of mental health services um and obviously creates sort of a problem where um i normally have face-to-face contact and that's always you have to stop for obvious safety reasons um and like telephone contact has been the replacement and it's not the same so it's looking at ways where um a services need to catch up with the times and use zoom how we're actually conducting this podcast ourselves but also other methods of technology not just for times of crisis like this but for other times when actually young people are too scared to approach a building so actually i think this is something that we can explore in further podcasts ollie about how all sorts of services could catch up with the times and modernize um but also looking at other ways in which we can support our own mental health in the coming weeks so um just sort of like um take real good self-care so things like um I've been doing things like having bubble baths regularly because that's something you can do in your own home or just going out for a walk because having a walk isn't banned. You can go out for a walk. So just little things you do, just keep taking care of yourself because it is a really difficult time for so many people. I think that's one thing that is probably good to uh, myth bust. It's not with self-isolation. It's not that you cannot leave your house full stop. Uh, you are still allowed to go out and exercise and obviously we everyone knows exercise is good for your mental health um, and we do have free time on our hands now to use our opinions to ensure that you could work with decision makers you could work with people who get to make those choices to ensure that we can modernize like Libby was saying. Um, Trev did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Um, I think, like Libby said, is sort of taking the government needs to start taking advantage of its technologies and start um, sort of advising the NHS to introduce that. But also, I think a lot of personal things you can do with this new technology. So, like I said earlier, you can start having video calls with your partner, or you can have video calls with your friends. Um, just sort of stay in contact as much as possible perhaps even as hygienically as you can right hand writing a letter to send it to your grandparents just sort of keeping in contact every way you can to try and reduce as much loneliness as you can and obviously there's this new idea of this netflix party of which i know hannah has a lot of ideas on as well as online gaming which i know involves a huge population of people and sort of especially with counselling not necessarily being available in schools um 
there are a lot of websites such as seven cups of tea and mind and sort of so many different mindfulness apps that you could use just to keep your mind at rest and stop you speculating as well as Couth, there is just so many sort of opportunities that you can take and i think also google is your friend for finding out the numbers and the websites that you can go to same as forums as long as we can stay as together as possible i think that is all we can do and i think hannah has a bit more to say about sort of netflix parties and making sure that we are all staying connected something that i've been using more recently is what if you as a google add-on where you can share netflix with somebody else who's also got netflix um, that lets you both watch the same show or the same film at the same time there's also a little chat box so you can comment on what you're watching and how it's going and if you just found something really funny or if you're a bit more scared and being able to do something like that it you're not together and it's not quite the same as watching a film with your best friend or partner sitting right next to you but it is an add-on it is close and especially for long distance or just even if they're just a few houses down the road you can still be a little bit closer through this and there's also lots of other sort of online gaming so you've got games on your xbox and um other sort of consoles like that which will still be working you guys can still play together from your own homes and then there's other ones that you can find online that anyone can access as long as they've got a laptop just with a little bit of googling um it's an easy way to stay in touch and to keep um, communication going while having a bit of fun and not feeling so alone. Everyone knows that uh, communicating is really good for mental health and obviously uh, obviously, Hannah just mentioned uh, online gaming in particular. You've got apps kind of through that such as uh, Discord, uh, Slack as well. Uh, you've got other apps, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Instagram. You've got so many social media outlets and we have actually recently, we are recently starting to set up a social media campaign where you guys can actually tell us what concerns you and what you want done. Um, I'll obviously pass on to Finley uh, to see if he has anything else that he would uh, like to add quickly. For decision makers listening to this, this is a great time for you to start listening to Young People Experiences. Now that we've got time and we're all in different situations, reach out to us online, it's a great opportunity. And also use this as an opportunity to digitize your services. Use things like Zoom, Skype, Discord, and WhatsApp to get in contact with people digitally in a way, in ways that we probably should have done years ago, but only now have to do. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, that's brilliant. That, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Fahana, I'll pass on to you quickly. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add in relation to that? Um, so culturally, um, it can be very difficult as um, Ramadan is coming up as a Muslim myself. Um, it can be a difficult time as um, a month where we fast from sunrise to sunset and it's when we fast from sunrise to sunset so no food or drink so as it, the shops are very hectic at the moment it's very difficult to get food and resources like that so that's a worry and also um, as mass gatherings are banned or not allowed um, going to the mosque and having a sense of community is going to be very difficult this time. So um, not really sure how that's going to play into this um, as the current situation when no one has no idea what's going on. You mentioned um, shops during that, and I think that actually does kind of lead on pretty well to another thing that I think we should discuss is the issue of financing and kind of what 
governments can kind of do to help support people on that. Um, I'll start actually by handing to Hannah because of a care lever, she kind of would have a perspective of that from a care leaver's perspective in terms of subsidies and bursaries. Yeah, it's quite a worry at the moment um, what's going to be happening with bursaries such as universal credit and the money we get from our social services that help towards our housing benefit because whilst technically most of us would still be students until June, we're also kind of not anymore and it's just kind of finished pretty early. So how that's going to tie in, um, we're hoping to find some more information ourselves and we want this information to be more readily accessible to everyone because it affects so many people that and it, like none of us know it, we need the information out there. Uh, what about you Libby? Uh, have you kind of begin to notice anything in relation to um, financing or problems that are kind of going on in relation to money with shops and that sort of thing? More just shops and uh, people sort of panic buying. So our kind of main issue I've found is I've got several sort of food allergies and intolerances. So being able to get hold of alternatives has become really difficult. So I've struggled to source like dairy free milks and cheeses which is obviously like a worry um and then there's obviously like the worry of like what's the world going to look like in 14 weeks time or 12 weeks time when hopefully this is going to be going back to normal or we will have flattened the curve or we've got some control over it what what's going to be left are there going to be jobs still for us are there going to be jobs left to for our parents what states the country going to be in i think that's a really big worry for a lot of young people right now yeah definitely particularly with coming out of school and the issue of their qualifications as well um but it's also becoming increasingly difficult for young people particularly post 16 who already have jobs to be able to hold on to them as places such as pubs restaurants and bars are all shutting um, Trev, uh, did you want to add anything to that? Um, I think, yeah, I used to work in a football club and obviously the last shift that I worked was my last shift, probably until next year when I'm home from uni. Um, we had 1,500 people and obviously me working in that environment puts me at a very, in a very vulnerable position because it may make things, it may mean that I've spread something or that I've caught something and now I've gone and spread it. So I think also the environments were so unsafe that it's a good job they've been shut. But I think it is quite devastating that now I've completely lost my job. And obviously I bought my monthly bus ticket for school a couple of days ago because we were told that everything would be fine and that we should carry on as normal. So now I'm running very low on money. But also it begins to make me question how I'm going to fund myself over the next year or so because one thing I was relying on was an £800 scholarship I was going to get for over the summer for four weeks worth of work experience, which is now postponed until whenever we are not on lockdown. But obviously, I'm hoping to be away at uni next year. But I don't even know if I'm going to be able to fund myself to go to uni in the first place because I'm so short of money. And I think that is a concern that I share with a lot of young people. A lot of young people our age are kind of experiencing that main concern. Fahana, how would you say this kind of um, issue of money is affecting uni culture in particular? Like how are people kind of coping with it in relation to housing and that sort of thing? Um, I think especially with some unis shutting down, 
um, people who are in a competition are worried about um, how they are, where they're going to live or how they are going to isolate, isolate themselves as often everyone lives with flatmates or has housemates. So it's very difficult for this social distancing to take place. And also um, rent, how you're going to afford to pay your rent. So we don't know how that's going to happen if the government is doing anything about that. So that's a big worry for students as well. Yeah, no, I can I can imagine because obviously going to university isn't expensive and uni life as well isn't exp is expensive. Um, Finley, how would you say that um, your kind of your family in particular are dealing with it? Actually, I mentioned because obviously your parents are classed as those key workers. I'd imagine they're you're kind of a little bit worried about the entire thing because of obviously them coming into potential contact with coronavirus. Yeah, so my parents are both doctors with my mum being a respiratory consultant. So in t she's having to work extra long hours um, and there is a worry that she could come into contact with people. I know that the local Premier Inn has rooms booked out for possibly suspected cases of health workers like her that she could use if she might have it. But the gap so is, is quite straining. Would you say it's a worry that you're kind of experiencing as a family because obviously i i'm the same my parents are police so they are my mom is basically working with people to organize where police are going to be and she's dealing with the effects of people having to go into self-isolation uh, from your perspective as well as maybe what your parents have said how do you think their like the nhs is coping with it i think we are very worried we don't have enough ventilators um we don't have enough icu capacity at the moment and we all as a family know that i think we are more worried about the country as a whole and those at risk more than ourselves though luckily yeah yeah no i i completely get it um you mentioned respiratory actually i'll pass over to hannah for that because obviously hannah you have your own um issues with your respiratory system don't you so i'll pass to you yeah, I'm a quite severe asthmatic, so I've been self-isolating for most of this week already, just in preparation. Um, and I also live with my 70-year-old grandmother at the moment. Um, so we're both in self-isolation, and that is becoming an issue with trying to get food stops, trying to get our medication in. Um, it's We've had to have people trying to do it for us, and then there's been issues with that, because sometimes they don't want to hand it over to someone that isn't related to us. Though at the same time, they don't want to do deliveries because we have friends that could go pick it up. Um, and it's also like we're trying to get food shops at the moment. We've been trying our best to avoid the crowds, to try and go at times when there wouldn't be anyone there. But whenever we've gone, whatever time of the day, it's always been absolutely packed. People are panic buying. They're stocking up on things that they might need, but also they probably don't need as many as what they've got of. And it's just making it so difficult for everybody else um, to try and get their stuff, especially when you're trying to stay away from people because I can't risk catching it because if I catch it, my asthma is just, it's just going to spiral. Um, so it's, it's just mad at the moment and trying to keep ourselves safe whilst also looking after ourselves and trying to carry on as normal is just becoming extremely difficult. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. Like, I, I think that people 
have become extremely stressed about it. Like I know that school shutting has stressed out a lot of people, particularly mine and Trevona's age, because obviously we are year 13. We are the age where you either go into employment, university or college. There's not really that kind of same support as when you turn 16 and you can go to sit for more college and you have to stay in education. So it's very much we're now being thrown into the deep end a couple of months early. And with the issues of uh, greater qualifications as well, like, yes, they found a way around it, but it's based off your predicted grade and your mock grade. And you're kind of, we're kind of having to work our way around that. So our uni, people, some people going to uni, they may now not get their necessarily the grades they need to. I, and we're not sure if universities are going to be kind of susceptible to it and understanding of it. Um, like for me in particular, I always did pretty well in exams. Um, but I'd always struggle with the um, kind of classwork aspect of it just because of my own personal thing. Um, but I understand now in particular with school shutting, younger, like much younger ages. So we're talking first school, uh, middle school, primary schools, whatever you'll call it. People that sort of age are kind of struggling with it from like year, year one all the way up to year six, year seven, because they don't necessarily have that independence and i feel like i'll, I'll pass to finley for this because i know that he has a younger sibling uh who is about that age and there needs to be something kind of in place for them don't you agree finley yeah so the school system of having primarily the younger schools so primary or middle schools open that seems to be a good short-term solution because with my parents both being in the NHS we do need a place for my two younger brothers who are year seven year three to go um, but whether it's a long-term solution especially for those who have social workers who are required to go into schools it can be very segregating for those sorts of people who already don't possibly feel as connected as others. I imagine at that age as well it's probably quite risky for young people because obviously they're at the age where their hormones are going crazy. They're starting to have issues such as anxieties, so worries. Uh, they are even, to be fair, as you get a little bit older, you've got the problems of uh, becoming more sexually active, uh, starting to kind of recognize yourself, identify yourself. And there's this kind of issue around this where what are the government doing to accommodate those people who are maybe uh, become, beginning sexual relationships? Um, or they are going through LG, they are designed to transition. Like then there's not really anything that's been said about them. Um, but I'll obviously I'll hand over to uh, Trev for this, uh, if she had anything that she wanted to add. Um, yeah, I think especially it is a really hard time for, because obviously all of this begins to happen as you start going through puberty, which is an emotional time anyway. And obviously you've got the stress of what's going on with COVID-19. So I think there does perhaps need to be support out there for people going through transitioning and going through hormone therapy and so with the risk of like with other medications how are they going to get hold of that help same as moving on to sort of ideas about safe sex how are people going to get hold of contraception because people aren't going to want to have to stop doing everything they normally would if they have the opportunity to so i think perhaps we need to start thinking about ways to practice it and also sort of opening up about things like terminating pregnancies because obviously it's going to be a lot more difficult to hide things if we're all in a house together. 
but I think sort of making sure that there are still opportunities for people to go and terminate pregnancy if they need to. Yeah, no, I, 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 I couldn't actually agree more with that. Like there's, they haven't really mentioned what they're going to be doing in relation to all of that. It seems like it's quite a taboo thing that the government don't particularly want to talk about. And I think it needs to be put on the basis that someone needs to kind of begin to make those decisions. Um, Libby, did you have anything, have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think um, sort of adding on from what Trev just said, um, it's not just about um, young people with um, that need contraception because of the activities they're engaging in. A lot of young people are on contraception for health-related issues. So a lot of young people get put on contraception um, due to having conditions such as endometriosis are they going to be able to get their treatment which enables them to live their life without pain now because it's it's all being suspended you know we don't know what's happening with that and i and also so that's that suspension and a lot of young people rely on youth services in order to be able to collect condoms and things from red boxes and with places shutting down um, in order for self-isolation and we don't know what the next steps that are going to be announced in the coming days are is there going to be further lockdowns potentially proposed like we've seen in places like France and Italy and Spain what's going to happen to the sexual safety of young people across the country I know quite a few other countries have put a lot of sanctions in place for those uh, who are kind of going out a little bit more. Um, but I feel like uh, England, they don't really, they haven't really kind of made up their mind. Would you agree on that, Libby? Yeah, I think that, and I think this is where young people are feeling really, really confused, especially people can't make a plan. People don't know what, what to do. And I think that's where a lot of things like stockpiling are coming in. People don't know whether they need to go and visit their red boxes and stockpile people don't know whether they need to go and collect i know people that have gone to supermarkets and have cleared out shelves of sanitary products now if you can't afford to go and buy 10 packets of sanitary towels but you they come then come onto your period and you need a packet of sanitary towels and you can't get any we're going to be back in a place where young people especially are forced to use other things to bleed onto and that is not fair so what's going to happen over the next few weeks is re is a real key question and what's going to happen when only one person's allowed to leave the house to go shopping and young people are forced to ask perhaps their fathers for the first time to go out and buy them menstruation products I think these are real key questions that aren't that we don't know the answers to and you know having young people that are scared yeah no i i i couldn't agree more young people now particularly with everything that's going on in the news i think it's probably the most scared quite a few of them will be because their grandparents are now at risk like they even some of them are probably at risk and there's nothing kind of in place to help them nothing in place to support them and I think it's all about, in particular, like what can, where, how, how do we ensure that young people know where to go to get the support? 
where can you get that support? And it's something that's not really being kind of publicized. And for anyone listening, I say that's one thing that we in particular will challenge you for. It is that you, we need, we, young people need to be told what provisions they have available to them. They need to know what they can actually achieve. And I feel like that's not really being done. They, they don't really know how to do it. And we want to be able, it's not just about providing them support. It's about empowering them, enabling them to look after themselves, to not be as dependent on the system as they are. And particularly with social isolation, like there's no better time for young people to kind of begin to learn that. Like that, that empowerment that young people will be experiencing, it will be basically brand new to them. And particularly now with self-isolation, you can teach them how to help other people. You have outlets such as communications channels that, so, that we even use. Like we are currently using Zoom to record this. And then we basically, we just want you to help make decisions. This is to decision makers. We want you to ask us to help you with making decisions that affect us, that actually will impact us. Because we, young people deserve a voice, even now, even with all this. They can't, you can't decide so for young people without them. If anyone had anything else to add, Trev, did you have anything you wanted to add? I think, yeah, it's like you said, it is so important at this time to be asking us what we think so that you can help yourselves essentially, because you're not going to want to make decisions. You're not going to want to make decisions without consulting us that is then going to turn us against you because that's going to stop us cooperating with you and that is going to further increase the problem that we're currently having so i guess this podcast is all about us asking you to ask us questions and to ask us for help because we know what we want better than anyone else and i think finley you have something else to add on to that yeah, for young people also, it's really important that you do follow the advice, that you do practice social distancing, because it's more than about just us who are healthy um, and able to deal with the symptoms of the virus. This is about all the millions of people in the country who are at risk and keeping the virus at bay. Anyone at the end of the day can get this virus. Anyone can be affected by it. And you need to remember now more than ever is that although yes some young people are generally considered lower risk it's not just about those young people it is also what provisions that you put in place to help with that like we are a community in this we are all together in this and together we can fight back against the coronavirus we can still work together to ensure that we kind of we don't lose the sense of community that we all have and this effort to battle the coronavirus won't work if we don't work together it's a team effort teamwork makes the dream work and there is no way for us to battle against this virus unless we all help out we all get involved and i think if we end on anything today the key thing to end on is make the effort practice social distancing work on it and to be honest i reckon if more people practice social distancing and self-isolation it'll be over before you know it. It's important to kind of remember that. And the final thing that we, that I will add myself before I pass back to Hannah for some numbers that uh, are useful for you. If you did have any questions and you did want to ask for our help, please reach out to us. 
because we want to be there to help you. That's why we do that. It's why we're doing this podcast because it gives us the basis to help you. Um, but yeah, if you remember one thing, young people, it's help become a part of the team. Uh, I'll pass over to Hannah quickly, uh, who has some numbers to read out uh, to us. Thanks. Yeah. So first of all, um, if you want to contact us directly, you can get us through the participation people on Facebook and on Instagram and even Twitter. Um, just search up participation people. You'll find us pretty quickly. But um, we just wanted to give you guys a couple of numbers that if you um, are worried about your mental health or if you're needing some extra help, there are um, services out there that can, you can contact for help. It's not limited to these free services I'm about to give you. There are many more. If you um, Google, I'm sure you can find them. But here are a couple that we recommend. Uh, the first one is Cooth, um, and you can Google them. I think they've even got an app now. But the uh, phone number for them is 0203. Nine eight four nine three three seven. Um, the second service we wanted to recommend is the Samaritans. Um, they again, they've got a website. Um, they have twenty-four hour response time on their email, which is on their website as well. Um, but the number you can call that is any time, any time of the day or night is one one six one two three. And then, last but definitely not least, is Childline. I believe if you're up up to the age of 18, I think you can contact this service. It might be 19, um, but they are great. They've got loads of stuff online to help support you and help you feel a bit better if you're just really stressed. Um, it's a free number and you can call them on 0800 um, quadruple one, so one, 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 one. And again, get their website. It, there's so much stuff to help you on there. I'd say that just about uh, brings the uh, entire podcast to a wrap. So I'll say on behalf of all the uh, Youth Voice Pioneers, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, we hope that it will help you. And uh, remember to stay safe in this time and reach out to us if you do absolutely need it. So thank you, everyone. And look out for the new podcasts that are coming soon. When, when Hannah said look out, I, 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 I looked in my camera to see there wasn't anything behind me. <laughs> I, Ha, ha, ha.